Hey you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Malthouse Games Podcast. I am your host, Delton, and today I have my player number two, my wife, Haley. Hello there. So today is episode three, which is exciting because we've made it to three, which is great. We're going to start off talking about some smaller games that we've been really enjoying lately. I don't know why you keep calling me player number two when I'm the one who wins all the time. Yeah, but I usually go first, so... Ladies first, and I'm a classy lady <laughs> with my classy beer and a classy glass. Right. Speaking of that, uh, in Malthouse tradition, we have our beers we're drinking today. So what are you drinking? I am drinking the Newcastle Brown Ale, which tastes like hazelnuts. And it is conveniently located inside of this beautiful Rufftail glass. So Rufftail is a local Oklahoma brewery. I wish I had one of their beers right now, but alas, I drank them all. So I am now drinking a Newcastle, which is fantastic in itself. And what about you? What are you having? So today, uh, my favorite Oklahoma brewery is Anthem, uh, and I have their OK Pills, which is a Pilsner. I'm going to be putting it, though, I don't know if this is sacrilegious or not, I will be putting it in an Iron Monk brewing glass. Uh, Iron Monk is out of Stillwater, Oklahoma, and it's another local brewer that we have that's very good. As a minister, I am saying that is sacrilegious. Well, I think it'll be okay because, oh, it's foaming. Woo! It's a good way to start off the podcast. Party foul. Okay. Now you have to chug it. That was fast. Well, let's see if we can... Uh... Believe me, I was in college for seven years. If you overflow your beer when you first open it, you have to chug it. Nope, not doing that. It Th- is. That would make for a poor podcast. It is a scientific law. I don't believe that at all. So as we pour our beers, and I try to not let mine foam over because apparently I'm terrible at this, which usually isn't the case, today we're talking about small games, games that we really enjoy playing that we can kind of take anywhere. I'm beating you and pouring my beer as well. Yeah, well, mine started off bad. (laughs) So what's one of the games you've liked recently that's been one of the smaller games? I've really enjoyed Tides of Madness. Delton picked that up a couple of weeks ago, and we've been playing it, I think we only had one session of it, we played it three times. I've really been liking that game. What would you call that? Like a pick a card and pass? It's like it's not quite it, like drafting. Well, it does. It is drafting, but it's also sort of hand management. Tides of Madness is from Portal Games, and I guess it's the sequel to Tides of Time, which was another game that they did. So the way the game plays is that you have a hand of cards, and you will pick one, pass it to your opponent. So you draft it in that regard. Once you're done drafting, you can then... Wait, do you play them then? Oh, it's been a minute already. It's only been like two or three weeks. I don't remember. But you play these cards, and they have different powers on them. So one card will be in the blue suit. However, it gives you points for each green card you have. You pick and you play. We each reveal at the same time. That's right, that's right. You draft your card, you pick pick the card you want out of the hand, and then you play it simultaneously and then pass the hand. Right. Okay, and so what you do is when you play those cards, they have little abilities that stack up. And what it is, you don't mess with those until the end of that draft. I think you draft five cards in the first round six in the second, because you have that one you keep, and seven in the third. And so what it is, is it'll have, it'll be a blue suit, and say you get three points for each green suit. All of the cards have abilities like that. It's nothing crazy. However, some cards give you madness, which at the end of a round, if you have too much madness, then you automatically lose. Delton. Yep, and you just add up points. And it's actually a really cool little game. It's very quick to play, and it's not hard to understand. Plus... Rodney Smith from Watch It Played has a fantastic video about it, and he really goes through all the rules well. I like how we say it's not hard to play, yet you and I just totally botched the rules. We're going to get so many angry Twitter people coming, hey, you got the rules wrong. 
right? Well, it's, you know, whenever you own 180 games, which yes, that is the current count, it's kind of hard to remember all the rules to everything without looking them back up. So we have this board game library opening up about two miles away from us. And they recently put up a picture on Facebook of all of the games that they own. They say they'll have 150 games to play, like different games that you can check, pay $5 a day and then check out the games and play throughout the day. My husband has 30 more games in his personal collection than an entire store has in their library. Yeah, he's planning on growing it past that. That was their initial start. But yeah, I just thought it was hilarious that their initial start is smaller than my collection is in general. But that's just because I have too many games. Amateur hour. Exactly, but I love my games. Um, so yeah, Tides of Madness. It's a very fun little game. I really like the drafting aspect of it. Anything with drafting catches my fancy. And then just, I don't know, it's so simple. It's nice and easy. I guess my only downside is you have to use a pen and paper to add up points. That's kind of annoying, but still, I like it. Did you just combine Tickle Me Pink and Fancies Me? You said Tick... What? I didn't say Tickle Me Pink. I know, you said Catches My Fancy. Oh, that's what you did. You combined uh, Tickle Me Fancy and Catch My Eye. You said Catch Me Fancy. I've never heard t- Tickle Me fa- I've heard Tickle My Fancy. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway. Anyway. You said Catch My Fancy. Yes, it catches my fancy. I like it. Okay. You are Sh- pretty fancy. C- color me fancy. How's that? Okay. It's a really fun little game. <laughs> is that a Garyism? No, that's one of those... Uh, <laughs> Color me shocked. I can't remember where that came from. I want to say it's probably Daniel Tosh stand up, but I can't be 100% on that. Anyway, that's one of the fun little games we've been playing and Haley's really enjoyed it a lot. Because I win all the time. She does win most little games. Uh, Another little game that I have a lot of fun with, and you could argue if it's little or not, is Lost Cities, the card game. So this is an older Reiner Knizia game. I've just found that it's very good. Being Reiner Knizia, if you know him as a designer... He is a mathematician, and so all of his games have math involved. And it's not necessarily a little bit of math, but it's also not a lot. The way Lost Cities is played is there are five different colors. There's red, yellow, blue, green, and white. You each start with a hand of, I think it's seven or eight. No, it's a hand of eight. You will take a card from your hand and either play it or discard it. And each time you play a card, no matter the color, they have their own spots that you play on your side and then they have an its own discard for each color so you have your own red white blue and the opponent has their own red white blue and then you both share a common discard of red white blue yellow because we're all americans exactly sorry that's my example um but what's neat about the game is each of those rows on your side are immediately worth negative 20 points the minute you play a card into them so you have to get All the numbers you play, I should mention these cards have numbers. There are three handshake cards, which multiply the value. And then there are the numbers, is it two through ten? Yes. Yes. Two through ten. And so what you do is you play these cards down. If you play a two, then you have to play things higher than that. There's only one of each number, so it makes sense. But if you play a two, and then you play a six, you can no longer play a three, four, five uh, after that six. You have to continue to ascend. And you can't play two sixes. Yeah, well, there's only, that's why I said there's only one of each in each color. And so what happens is, is each of those rows is empty. So if you play a handshake into the white column, that handshake is going to multiply your final score by two. If you play two handshakes, it's by three. Three handshakes is four. Then you play all your numbers. So what happens is after the deck is run out, you add up each row or each, uh, each of the little like columns that you build of each color. You then subtract 20 from that, which can leave you a negative number. Then you multiply by those handshakes. So if you only have eight and you subtract 20, let's say you have eight, let's say you've got a 
a three and a four in white with two handshakes. I guess that would be seven. You would have seven. I'm horrible at math. So you would have seven. Subtract 20 would have 13. Then you multiply it by three, which means, well, it'd be negative 13. So multiplied by three. So it's just this weird mathy thing with negative 20 and you add your numbers to it. Then you multiply it. So you could take that negative and just skyrocket it up to a horrible number. So like Delton was saying, if you have two handshakes and you have a three and a four, so technically you have negative 13 points. So you would times that by three. Yeah, by three. If you had two handshakes, yes. Yeah, two handshakes. So instead of negative 13 points, you now have negative 39 points. And that starts you off the bat. Yep, and you do that with each of the columns. So I feel like that was a horrible descriptor. But anyway, there's some math involved. The neat thing is the game comes with a board that you don't need. The board is strictly a placeholder for the columns and the discard piles. But if you just kind of manage for a second, it's really not hard to do. But it's another very good game, uh, and it's pretty inexpensive from what I remember, probably around 20 bucks. So is there another small game you like? I really like Hive. Hive is a very chess-like game. Do you want to explain it? No, I'll let you do it. So in Hive, you each person has a set of different bugs. So for example, the spider can move three spaces at a time. The grasshopper can only jump over other bugs. The ant can move unlimited spaces as long as it's around the perimeter and can slide around, etc., etc. What you're trying to do is completely surround the other player's queen. So the queen can move one at a time and you have to place the queen within the first four moves. I want to get not only my bugs, but possibly even Delton's bugs surrounding his queen. So if it is three of Delton's bugs and three of my bugs surrounding the queen, that means I've won. I've captured his queen. I have her completely surrounded. Same with him. He is trying to get six bugs to surround my queen. Now it's very chess-like. One person moves and the other person moves. You can either move one of your little bugs or you can put a new one out. I hardly ever use all of mine in the whole game. I think I always have at least one or two spiders left behind. So you don't have to put all of your bugs out. Uh, so you can use that as part of the strategy too. So if you keep a couple of bugs behind, they're thinking, oh man, she hasn't put that last bug out. What is she going to do? What is she planning? When really it is, I don't like using the spiders. Now I've given away my secret plan that I always use and that's why I win. Well, it's really hard though because the spiders are a particular uh, move set. So what it is is each of these you know, hexagonal tiles, they're very hefty. Very good feel to them. I mean, it's a solid game. They have the, like the feeling of dominoes, like that heaviness. Yeah, they're just like a domino, except they're thicker. Um, but what's neat about it is each of the bugs moves on its own. So the queen, like she said, moves one space, and you have to slide it. Uh, the ants can move anywhere around the perimeter. Now, given, um, we should say that all the bugs have to touch, and you can never separate a bug away from any of the others. The ant can move all the way around. Grasshopper can jump in a straight line over ones. Spiders have to move three spaces only. And then the beetle crawls on top of other people and locks them down. The hive must stay together. Yeah, you can't split the hive up. That's one of the rules. But it's a very good game. What's neat is there's no board. The board is the tiles you place down. And so it's really, it kind of flows and moves and it'll change. And every game, it'll have a different look to it. So that's really neat. You don't have to have the board to carry around. I really like that one. We played, what, three times? I think I beat you twice. Yeah, you beat me two, you pretty much every time. Two out of three. Yeah, I'm very bad at that game. Is that bug you? But anyway, I also bought the expansion to it. They have a couple expansions. And uh, we bought the mosquito, which has a really cool effect to it. And what it is, is it can move like any bug it's touching. So it just clones it for that move. So that's really cool. It adds some a little bit more variety to it and something else to mess with. But again... Very, very good game. They do also have Hive Carbon and Hive Pocket. Carbon's just black and white. And Pocket is a, like it says, pocket size. It's miniaturized, which it's not that big anyway. 
But I could see, you know, if you really wanted it to be a smaller pocket, be the way to go. It's a purse game. It is a purse game. Speaking of purse games, that leads us perfectly into our topic for this episode. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. We took a train ride. Yes, so we wanted to talk about games that you can take on a train, or a plane, or an automobile, but especially a train or a plane. Something you can play on the, you know, little table that folds down from the seat in front of you. Those fold-down trays are fairly small, but there are games that fit on them. And so the ones we've talked about today, Hive, um, which Hive was almost too big, which is why we played it in the, uh, the lounge car on the train. Lost Cities is also one we played in the lounge car, but it, you could make it work if you wanted to. We're here in the cat meows. Everybody, take a drink. Yeah, take a drink for the cat. Before we get too much further into the actual games, can I talk about the trip for a second? Yeah, go for it. Spoiler alert, trains are cool. They are very cool. It all started whenever Delton couldn't figure out what to get me for my 26th birthday. And so he finally asked if instead of getting me a present, he could take me on a trip. So I said, okay, where are we going? Wouldn't tell me. So a couple of days before the trip, we are sitting in the living room and he said that we'll be traveling for 12 hours. So I'm thinking we're going out of state somewhere. Then he said we are taking a lift to a location. I'm like, for the love of God, we're not taking a lift the whole 12 hours. Please tell me you did not book a lift for the whole 12 hours. Because, oh my God, that would be so expensive. So I'm sitting there in the living room just racking my brain. We're not taking a lift to the airport. Wouldn't fly 12 hours for a three-day trip. Where are we going? Then it dawned on me. We were taking the train. Yeah, we have never been on a train. Well, I have never been on a train. I know you've been on one or two in Europe. I've never been on one, and so I thought this would be a fun thing. We like taking trips together, and it was just an easy thing to kind of schedule and plan. But here's the thing. We get to the train station. I don't know where we're going. We get on the first train. I don't know where we're going. We get on the second train. I still don't know where where we're going. The conductor comes up to us and asks where our stop is. He comes to me and says, hey, ma'am. Where's your stop? And I looked at him, dead face serious. I don't know. He looked at me like I was a madwoman. And then finally Delton said, Austin. And by that I mean Austin, Texas. Yes. And so I was so excited. I've been to Texas before because every Oklahoman has been to Texas. It's just a scientific fact. Um, But I had never been to Austin. So I was really grateful for the opportunity. Yeah, and it was a really fun trip. Um, Something cool we got to do was go to some of the game stores down there. I think we went to two. We went to Dragon's Lair which was comics, games, all kinds of stuff. They had two cats. They were in the office the whole time, and we couldn't see them or pet them because there were a lot of people. Sleepy kitties. But it was a very nice store, very large. Um, That's where we actually picked up Tides of Madness because I wanted to grab a a game to play on the train back. And so that was one of the perfect, uh, perfect choices, being that it's so small and inexpensive. We also went to a Harry Potter burlesque because we were walking down the street the first night we were there, and Hagrid approaches us on 6th Street and and says, Hey, do you want to go to a burlesque in Diagon Alley, and you can't say no to that. So we went. Yeah, it was down on 6th Street, which I guess is the street to be on in Austin downtown. But I would say that's the club street and the bar street. So if that's not your scene, which it's not really ours, we were just walking through. Except the Harry Potter burlesque. Except the Harry Potter burlesque, which was cool. Voldemort was a babe. (laughs) Voldemort was very good. But yeah, so Dragon's Lair, we picked up Tides of Madness. We went to another game shop and got that Hive expansion which was, I don't remember the name of that one. It was very small. They had a lot of toys and collectibles, old Star Wars stuff. It was very neat. It was a neat little store. I don't remember um, exactly where it was. It was that walk from that uh, Good Veggie Burger, whatever that place was that had that awesome veggie burger. 
which is good. So we're citizens eatery. Yeah, citizens. So we are both vegan with some eggs. I think that's the only thing we uh, break it for. We're vegans. Yeah, vegans. Austin was an awesome city for that. So if anybody here wants to go to Austin and is looking for good food, they have tons of vegan options, which is really nice, like entire restaurants that are vegan. We didn't have to rely on photosynthesis to survive. Yeah, which was very good. (laughs) But yeah, so um, we played the games we talked about before on the train. We also played Welcome to the Dungeon. Welcome to the Dungeon's a little push-your-luck kind of game. Basically, there's a deck of cards, which is the dungeon deck. It's push-your-luck and call-your-bluff. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to lie. Not really lie, but you just have to figure out when the other person is going to give up or pass. So what happens in that game is you have a little uh, little tiles out, like five or six of them, that constitute your character. It's his strength level, how much health he has. There's like the Vorpal Sword that can kill one type of creature from the dungeon. So what you do on your turn is you look at a card off the top of the dungeon deck, and you decide, I'm taking this out of the dungeon and removing one piece of equipment from the character we're sending in. It's going to go into the dungeon. Everybody keeps doing that until someone passes. If that person passes, everyone else can keep going. But if everybody passes, the very last person to pass has to go into the dungeon and fight those creatures with whatever tiles are left for their character. And so if somebody removes the thing that kills the dragon and then they pass and somebody else passes and somebody else passes and now you're going in, you're not equipped to fight the dragon, you're going to lose. If you win twice, you win. And if you lose twice, you're out of the game. So it's a neat little game. Uh, it's by Yellow, the French company, I-E-L-L-O, and it's very good. Um, it's very simple, small box, so it makes it really nice. Do you want to talk about Love Letter? You mean how I played Love Letter seven times and I won each time? Well, I mean, the numbers and the statistics don't matter, but you can talk <laughs> about the game. We always start best two out of three when we play two-player. We try to, but she always wins it, so, you know, one game would be fine, because that way I'll have a chance. Hey. <laughs> So basically, the story is that you are a suitor, and you are trying to get your love letter to the princess. So you are trying to go through the rankings. You start out with the guards, you go up to the priest, all the way to the handmaiden and the princess. And the person with the highest value card, which is the princess, and which is an eight, and it goes down below that. If you have the highest value card within your group, that means you got your love letter closest to the princess. So for example, if you end up at the end of the game with the princess. That means you got the love letter to the princess, you win. At the same time, if you got your love letter to the countess and the next highest person is the prince, then you have gotten your letter closest to the princess. Did I do that right? I'm not as good as explaining yeah. these as Delton is. No, that's okay. The numbers, yeah, it's supposed to be who gets... Each person is closer and closer to the princess with the... What's the one closest? The um, countess. The countess. The Countess is the closest, and so the whole point is you're trying to work your way up the ladder and get higher and higher numbers to get closer and closer to her to give her your love letter. The theme really kind of doesn't matter in that game. Because we have the exact same game, but Batman version, where you are playing Batman trying to get up the chain of command in the criminal world, and number eight, the top one, is the Joker. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we also have the Legend of the Five Rings version, which I guess was the original or something. But anyway, it's just the same identical game, just with a different theme. There's a cat meowing in the background. Drink. Drink time. But Love Letter is very good. It's very simple. It's a draw one, play one game. You have one card in hand. You draw another one, pick one of them to play, and then it goes on to the next person. You've got guards, which you can call somebody out to try to guess what card they have. If you get it right, they're out of the round. You've got the Baron, which compares hands 
and whoever has the highest value card stays in the round. The other one gets kicked out. You've got the priest, which looks at people's hands, and so there's different values, or different um, cards like that, and abilities like that, and you just go until someone has a certain amount of cubes, depending on your uh, play count. Yeah, and then if you're Haley, you win. Exactly, but it's just a small deck of cards with some cubes. You wouldn't even have to take the cubes with you. So what we did, we actually brought number nine on the train because it's one of our favorites lately, which we talked about last episode. What we did is we took out the insert to number nine. We took half of the tiles. That way we had just enough for us two to play. We then took that box and put all these other games in there in baggies, appropriate for the player count. Drink, there's a cat. So if we had to remove anything for player count, then we did, and we just baggied it and put it in. So that way we had, what do we have, six, six or seven games in that one box? I think it was six games in that box and then one game outside of it because we took Star Realms, but we never played it because the train was a little bumpy for those sleeves because they're slick. Yeah. And so that was really nice because it made it easy. We could carry it. I just put it in my backpack and it was nice and easy. All right. So we talked about we played number nine. We played Love Letter. We played Welcome to the Dungeon. We played Lost Cities. We played Hive. We did not play Star Realms, even though we took it. And then what was the last game we took? Ticket to Ride Pocket Edition on your phone. Okay, so we did play Ticket to Ride on the phone. And so that's one thing I wanted to bring up is when you're traveling and the other person either does or does not want to play games, you have mobile versions. Now, given this isn't quite the same, but you can play larger games that you couldn't fit on your phone. So we played Ticket to Ride. Haley has the old pocket version that as long as we don't have to, as long as we don't hit update, then we don't have to pay to get the full version. And you're wondering why I don't update my phone but once every five years. That's about the only benefit. Ticket to Ride, it's a perfect one. You know, it's a simple game. Most people know it. You lay trains down on tracks. You've got tickets for, like, New York to Seattle. And then you try to use your trains to build those tracks and make it all the way and successfully complete your ticket. There was a cat in the background as Delton was talking, so now we must drink. And he needs to quit so we can get on with this, right? But yeah, so... <laughs> We're going to be really toasty by the end of this podcast. Eh, it's, one beer. it's one beer. It's fine. But yeah, so Ticket to Ride's a perfect one. I don't own many other uh, iPhone, or not iPhone, I don't have an iPhone, any other mobile games, uh, but I have a couple, so I do have, I guess I really just have one, but I have Galaxy Trucker, which Galaxy Trucker is a really fun real-time game where you flip over tiles and you build this really janky ship at a PVC pipe, and you got to fly it through space against some obstacles and just hope it survives. It's a really fun mobile game. I forgot you had that. Why did we play that on the train? I don't know that it has a pass and play since it's really focused on what you're building. And there's the cat again, everyone. Drink. Sorry about that. That is Steve. He's uh, being an interrupting cat right now because that's all he wants to do. Galaxy Trucker is very good. It's a really fun mobile game. I did see they also have uh, Seven Wonders mobile app just came out. And everyone is saying it's phenomenal. And we're big Seven Wonders fans and Seven Wonders Duel. But this is the basic Seven Wonders, and apparently it's amazing. Apparently the app was very, very well done. It did take forever to come out, but I think it's because they took the time to make it very nice and make it work. I mean, that's understandable. It took a long time. The game has a lot of different cards. I mean, with all three of the ages. There are a lot of variables involved. For those who don't know, Seven Wonders, it's a drafting game. You can win by science, win by a lot of military. You win by just straight points, and there's just a lot going on. It's a it's a game of symbolism and drafting, and it's just, it's a great game. It's another introductory, aside from the symbols, you just got to tell someone, bear with me, <laughs> here's a cheat sheet to say what everything does. Just go for the science, or go for the blue cards, which are like the, what would you call them, culture cards? Uh, I think they're considered culture cards, but they're just straight points. 
Honest to goodness, those are the two that I always go for. And I win pretty much. I win quite a bit. She wins quite a bit, but, you know, it's fine. Um, but that's one of the good apps. I saw they have Splendor, which I'm not the biggest fan of. But they have a Splendor app, which would probably speed the game up a little bit, being you don't have to pick up cards. Plus, it's on a phone, so you can play it on the train or the plane. I wish they would come up with a number nine app. I feel like that would be a good little solitary game, as well as a good pass and play game. Or we can you can even make it where we can both play at the same time if we both have the app. Now that's one that Delton always hands my butt to me in. Yeah, number nine, uh, it, it kind of clicks for me a little bit. I actually made a post on Twitter and Facebook the other day, but I made my high score on the train. Therefore, if I play on a train again, I will get a new high score. That is technically a logical fallacy, but it's all right because it might work. And there's Steve again being an interrupting cat. Drink. But in terms of mobile games, they also have La, uh, La Havre, one of the Uva Rosenberg games. I've never played it. I've always wanted to, but they do have the app, and apparently it's very good. Uh, they just have all kinds of stuff. Settlers of Catan, which uh, has a pass-and-play mode. Um, if you felt like playing Solitaire on your phone, there's also the card game Onirim, or Onirim. Uh, I've always heard it Onirim, so that's how I pronounce it. It's normally just a deck of cards, and so it works really well on the phone because it shuffles for you since there's a lot of shuffling. And it's a fun game. I'm really bad at it. You kind of have to... I don't know if there's a lot of strategy to it. I think it's really just you have to make the right decision at the right time. So it's very reactive. Um, but it's a good little card game. You're just trying to unlock doors by basically using different card symbols. So there's like there's red cards, blue cards, green cards, and white cards, I believe. And so if you get a white star and play it, then you can play a white moon and then a white star, and then you get a door out of the deck. And you can do that, and there's some other little powers and things that happen, and bad, you know, bad things that hurt you. It's just a really good, simple game. You can play a whole game of it in a matter of, you know, five minutes, maybe. Did I watch you play that? that I right? think you have, yeah, I've showed you. I know I haven't played it myself, but I've seen you play it. Yeah, it's just a very good one. So something else I wanted to talk about, so, you know, these are some of the games you can take on a train or a plane. Um, you could probably take stuff like Coup. Uh, Coup's, you know, pretty pocket-sized depending on how many people you've got. I mean, there's other games you could do. Probably even One Night Ultimate Werewolf if you played your cards right. That would be kind of hard, though, just because you have to have somebody that's narrating it or have the app going. And so if you had a lot of different... You'd have to have at least three people. And so it might be kind of awkward. Yeah, I guess that's true. And then picking up cards and whatnot. Yeah, that would be a really strange one. Because yeah, if you had the Troublemaker, you couldn't switch their cards. Ah, that's true. So that wouldn't really work unless you were able to play in the lounge car. Then it could. Disregard what I just said, my friend. But that's okay. Um, one thing I did want to talk about, because these are all kind of pocket games we were able to take and play and some stuff like that. A lot of these, you know, are staples. Um, something else I wanted to talk about was, let's say you go on a trip. And your partner or friend or whoever's with you, let's say they don't want to play a game. What can you do? So something you can do to pass the time for yourself as well as still be involved if you want something gaming related is always look into some of the other gaming content out there. Now, obviously, I want you to listen and watch our stuff if, you know, you get the chance. However, I understand there's other things you want to see and do, and we might not hit everything. But Delton is cute. Uh, debatable. There's good stuff out there. So I wanted to just talk about some of the things I like that are available uh, openly. You're good stuff out there. Stop it, turd. So some of the podcasts I like, I wanted to bring up just a couple. I'm a very big fan of the Tuesday Night Games podcast. Um, Alan and Sean are the main hosts. SBJ was on there for a long time. It's just a really good podcast. They banter back and forth. They talk about fun stuff. Uh, it's very entertaining. That's part of uh, kind of why I got into podcasting was listening to a lot of them. Haley's actually wearing a 
long sleeve hooded t-shirt that she got from Alan at Gen Con, which was awesome and extremely nice of them. They were just very kind people. We bumped into them the very first day and then continuously went back to their booth just to talk to them and say hi and try out their games because they're just genuinely fun people. Yeah, they're really awesome and their podcast is really good. Um, It's probably my favorite tabletop podcast out there. It's really light and it's more, as they say, it's about the stories that you make around the table rather than the games you play and stuff. And so they always have good stories and good guests and different things like that. So I definitely recommend checking them out. Plus, Alan is also a fellow psychology nerd. We both have our psychology degrees and put them to good use. He's also a vegan. We're getting there. Yeah, we just have the eggs, like we said, vegan, but it's okay. So I recommend that one. Uh, I also recommend Shut Up and Sit Down. They are very heavy on the reviewing because they're a review podcast where Tuesday Night Games is not. Uh, They also have review videos, which are always very funny. They're a little longer than I would like, but they're very, very good, very funny. And they really kind of give you a sense of what it's going to feel like to play the game just because of how they talk about it. Um, they're, they're just very good at what they do. So I would always recommend you can look into some of their stuff as well. And then if you w- find a game you like on one of their videos and you want to see how it's played, then you go watch Watch It Played on YouTube with Roddy Smith, the Canadian. Who is also a very nice guy. He is. I also met him at Gen Con and he was super nice. Those are a couple of the things you can do. And there's a lot of other podcasts out there. There's the Secret Cabal, which is like the dude's podcast, kind of, is what I consider it. There's the Dice Tower podcast is huge. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there. Tom Vassell's Top 100 <laughs> Games of All Time. I'm going to let you take that one. And I'm just going to sit here quietly. Tom Vassell's oh, <laughs> People's Choice Top 100 Games. Uh, but there's a lot of content out there. So I would recommend if you're also bored on a train or a plane, and your partner or friend or traveling companion does not want to play. Because they're lame. Because they're lame. You have some options. So like I said, I would recommend us because obviously I want to continue getting likes. So I continue to want to do this. And However, I, want to, I want to continue to have a reason to drink. I'm pretty sure our cats give us that by the sound <laughs> of Steve. But it's just something, you know, that gives you some more options when you're traveling, which is really nice. Anything else you want to add? So take us with you next time you take an eight hour train ride to Austin. Take us with you, at least, on your headphones? That makes sense? I guess that works. I guess that works, yeah. Take us with you on your headphones or on your screen, hopefully, once we uh, get some videos up and going. I think that's all uh, we've got today. That way I can get this one edited, and I think we're going to do another episode after this so we can start getting up and going. I think that's all we've got. Thank you for listening, definitely, for coming out and hanging out with us and uh, sitting here listening to us yap in your ear. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you would... Please hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, on all of those, we are at Malthouse Games. That is M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S. I would really appreciate a like, a comment, anything like that. And there's the cat again. Please, one more drink. One more drink before we end this. So hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Check us out. Like our posts. You know, give us a like would be awesome. Um, if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, we do have an email at contact at malthousegames.com. You can also shoot me um, a tweet or Haley a tweet. I am at Delton Brack, uh, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. And Haley, what's your Twitter handle that's ridiculous? I'm at Squirrely Geek, S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-L-Y-G-E-E-K. So just hit us up, you know, check us out, tell your friends, anything like that would be awesome. But we appreciate you coming out. And so I guess until next time, sit back, relax, have a good drink, and play some games. We'll see you soon. Bye, everyone.